performance and excellence pay a higher return than potential and mediocrity. Good morning, friends, peers, and family. My name is Joel Christensen, founder of Christensen Academy and co-founder of the Professor's Institute for Professional Advancement, or known as PIPA. Our mission is to serve the greater good of businesses, to help put them in a better position to succeed and thrive. I am very excited to start this new podcast on Joelisms, a forum that will allow me to share a little wit and wisdom from some of the life lessons I have learned from a lifetime of experience. It is my hope that you will be enlightened and even empowered from the topics I have a passion for, an interest in, and am curious about. All I ask is that you take from these podcasts only what feels right and good to you and that you can use and apply in your personal and professional life. Hello and welcome to another podcast from Joel on Joelisms, sharing some wit and wisdom. This one is a little twist on my perception about prosperity. And it's uh, taken from uh, my book, Stop Whining and Start Winning the Power of Life's Choices. Uh, That can be found on my website, joelcspeaking.com. Prosperity has been defined in many different ways. I'm going to share with you a few new insights on it. Uh, I'm going to start with a quote by Harold Kushner. Quote, the person who has discovered the pleasures of truly human living, the person whose life is rich in friendships and caring people, the person who enjoys daily the pleasures of good food and sunshine, will not need to wear himself or herself out in pursuit of some other kind of success. Unquote. According to Webster, prosperity means to succeed or to flourish. Each of us has a choice on how we think about a prosperous life, how to create one, and how to measure that. Certainly, one way of measuring worth in life is from how much money and material things we accumulate. Another way is whether or not the pinnacle of success is reached in our professional career. I have known many people throughout my life who measured their success more by their net worth and professional worth than they did by their self-worth. If you measure success in life by that, then that is where your effort, focus, and energy will be. Up until I was 36 years old and bankrupted in every area of my life and was found near death and homeless in the streets of Lincoln, Nebraska, because of my addiction to prescription barbiturates and narcotics, that is exactly how I measured my own prosperity. However, when faced with the stark reality of my losses and literally fighting for every breath just to stay alive, I realized that the money, things, professional status, and degrees would not save me from the prison of addiction. After treatment and throughout my recovery, a different and clearer understanding and perspective began to emerge about what I valued, what mattered, and what the new criteria should be to measure 
my success and worth in life. As I have stated previously, facing mortality changes a person's way of viewing, thinking, and doing. It certainly did mine. And today, I am much more content with my life because of a paradigm shift in how I view prosperity, which I intend to share throughout this podcast. Prosperity is achieved when your own life is made significant first, and that is best accomplished by doing something meaningful and worthwhile that others will respect and benefit from. It is hard to see anything positive, think anything positive, or do anything positive if life is only seen from the prism and perspective of the self-serving interest of pessimism or despair or stinking thinking. There was a long stretch in my life when I wore myself out physically, emotionally, and at times intellectually. Sadly, most of my effort was spent on trying to create the perfect life, always trying for that hallmark moment, and for 20 years just trying to stay ahead of my addiction. There were shameless and vain attempts made at trying to please others just so they would like me or at best respect me. It was no wonder I was so tired and worn out, and I was only 36 years old. It was all such a futile attempt, because in reality, the only one keeping track was me. The old saying that none of us change until we get sick and tired of being sick and tired, unfortunately has applied to me throughout a good part of my life. In all honesty, I am not sure that I have reached my misery level index entirely at this point in my life. However, I am now willing to take a rigorously honest and soul-searching look at how I measure success and prosperity in my own life. The reality is that it looks much different for me today than the earlier vision I had of it, where the emphasis was more on what I accomplished professionally and what I accumulated financially and materially. Today's version is focused more on what will bring me peace and happiness and less on what will wear me out. I had a young career in public school administration, and during that time, many of my peers described me as intense, impatient at times, and obsessive. My family used other adjectives, such as selfish, self-absorbed, and uh, self-centered. None of these adjectives used to describe me are endearing qualities. My self-will ran riot for many years. I surrendered my will and life over to the care of others, to fear, to things that really didn't matter, and most success, uh, significantly to the care of my addiction until I finally reached my own misery level index with that dreadful disease at age 36. There was no prosperity or success in any of that. It only resulted in losses, separations, 
and yes, some betrayals. Years ago, someone in the fellowship of AA suggested that I learn how to wear the world like a loose garment. That concept was just plain hard for me to get my mind around because I was so conditioned to taking life so seriously. Hanging on was a lot more familiar to me than letting go. Anxiety and fear were not as common and uh, escaped me because I wanted more calmness and peace in my life. After doing some thoughtful reflection on some of my past professional and personal experiences, I came to the stark realization that I permitted anxiety to become an unfriendly, uninvited, and unwelcomed guest. It was like being in a four-way stop, and vehicles were coming at me from every direction, and I couldn't make up my mind which way to go, to get out of the way, to avoid being hit. Just to take a full, deep breath was difficult. There is no peace and prosperity found in an anxious life. They are found in a more settled life. For whatever reason, my perception of life was that it should be taken so seriously. Regrettably, there wasn't much, if any, wiggle room for looking at life from a less serious side. Life didn't have much color for me. It was viewed more from a black and white lens. A friend of mine once told me, Joel, you are wound up tighter than an African drum. Well, that was an interesting observation because it was a contradiction to what I really wanted my life to look like. And so after years of beating the drums and giving myself a few wedgies uh, and struggling just to take a good deep breath, I decided to take a look at what would help me live a more prosperous, playful, and peaceful life. That was going to require me to look at how I measured the worth of my life in a very different way. The cold, hard reality is that people and jobs often dis disappoint us. We don't always get what we think we deserve. Far too often during my life, I tirelessly searched and searched and then searched some more for the love and affirmations that I thought I deserved and was entitled to, but rarely found or felt. Unfortunately, my life was at times void of truth, wisdom, and charity. And even more sadly, it was sometimes void of love. I desperately kept looking in a lot of strange and empty places to be affirmed and to feel valued, but to no avail. The ingredients for a successful and prosperous life were never found where I spent so much time and energy looking because none of them were there. It's a lot like going down the same street with deep holes in the sidewalk rather than going down another street to avoid those deep holes. After many difficult lessons and a great deal of pain, I finally discovered that what is necessary to be prosperous is where it can be found all of the time. And that place is within me, not outside of me. It is one of life's interesting ironies. 
I believe that most lessons in life are learned from a relationship. Regardless of who or what the relationship is with, in order to make one of several points about my perspective on prosperity in life, I decided to journey back to my own experiences and relationships and reflect on the lessons that have been learned from them. The first lesson has to do with paying attention to how we take care of ourselves and thrive in life when we are, quote, out of, unquote, or, quote, between, unquote, relationships and not dependent on someone else or something else to justify our existence. Often when people end a relationship, they aren't done with it. They tend to linger, sometimes feel sorry for themselves, they even whine a little bit and blame the employer or person they were in the relationship with for abandoning them. Too often, too much of ourselves gets left behind. And then we curiously wonder why we are not prospering in the next job or relationship. It seems to be human nature to think that in order to feel validated as a person, we need someone or something to attach ourselves to. And when that attachment is no longer there, it feels as if we have been abandoned and failed. We are not failures, and we are not alone just because a relationship ends. It was Gloria Steinman, a passionate advocate for women's rights and equality, who said, quote, the model of progress is not linear. Success is completing the full circle of yourself, unquote. That will not happen but by attaching ourselves more to someone or something else than we do to ourselves. Prosperity cannot be found by abandoning ourselves for anyone or anything outside of ourselves. It seems to be human nature to stay in relationships or even a job we don't like longer than necessary because we don't want to give up or fail or are, su are simply too afraid to leave them. I certainly was no different and lingered in several relationships long after they were over. Keep this in mind. When one person decides the relationship's over, it is over unless we choose to hang on to it. However, unless grief and misery are enjoyed, we probably should leave anyone or anything that enables disappointment and failure. Staying in a relationship or job that is not good for us is contrary to what is needed to be fulfilled and to prosper. Those who thrive and prosper in life know how to keep their bank account of life in good standing. And I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. They know what is important to deposit into it and never let it get overdrawn. A bank account of life is an interesting paradigm shift from a financial bank account, isn't it? Let me explain what I mean by a bank account of life and how it can lead to a more prosperous life. It is not a budgeted item, so it never requires a financial deposit. During the writing of my book, Stop Whining and Start Winning, The Power of Life's Choices, I received a very interesting, 
interesting and timely email from a friend of mine. It had an attachment that grabbed my attention because it was about bank accounts. I was admittedly skeptical and thought that it was rather odd to get something about bank accounts when at that time in my life I didn't have much money to deposit in one anyway. Because I'm curious by nature, I decided to open it and read it. There was no name attached to the email, but it was from an obviously wise and insightful self-described elderly woman who was offering a new way of thinking about bank accounts. For most of my life, I was accustomed to thinking about how much money I should be depositing in my, into my bank account. Because for 36 years, I thought that would be a good measurement of success, worth, and prosperity. How much would be enough, anyway? There never seemed to be enough. Of course, I never counted on being bankrupt every area of my life after descending into the dark and lonely hole of addiction. I never counted on a divorce either. It seemed like there was always something I failed to count on. The reality was I didn't have enough, and so I chose to focus my time and energy on peace, freedom, and good health rather than financial security. That was a bit frightening for someone who has, at times in life, been held hostage to fear. Feisty fear wanted to remind me that I was a fool. And finally, for the first time in my life, one of my fear dragons was faced at the age of 50 and was informed in no uncertain terms that it was not going to have any further power in this area of my life. So how does this bank account work anyway? Well, most of us know how to put money into a financial bank account. And when a withdrawal needs to be made, there are funds available to avoid an overdraft. The email from the sensible, practical, and common sense woman motivated and inspired me to change my thinking and perspective about bank accounts and what kind of fortune I wanted to grow in my life. The new bank account's open, and I named it Joel's Bank Account of Life. It has required me to take a good, honest, and thorough look at my life and what I consider necessary to have a fulfilling, successful, and prosperous life. The following deposits are made in my bank account, my life bank account. Peace and freedom, spirituality and humility, positive energy and hopefulness, some spontaneity and playfulness. I always need some hope and courage, some acceptance and forgiveness, lots of love and kindness, and a whole lot of charity and compassion. And finally, some wisdom and perseverance. A prosperous life is dependent upon what kind of deposits each of us chooses to make in our bank account of life. So here's some takeaways. Success and the worth of life are not measured solely by the things and money we accumulate, but rather by what we can't purchase. And that is a kind, 
loving, and compassionate heart and spirit. Thank you for tuning in today and make this day a great one. If you are looking for a common sense speaker, help with your business and strategic planning, books by Joel, or continuing education credits in ethics and managing your time to be more efficient and productive, please contact me at speakerjoel at ymail.com or through my websites www.joelcspeaking.com or www.professorsinstitute.com.